Hello, and welcome to The Health of Our Hospitals, a podcast brought to you by the Nebraska Hospital Association. I am Jeremy Nordquist, president of the NHA, and we are glad you are joining us today. On The Health of Our Hospitals, we talk to healthcare leaders, hospital leaders, uh, healthcare experts, and public officials about the challenges our hospitals are facing, current public policy matters, and the future healthcare trends just over the horizon. Our guest today is Russ Gronewald, President and CEO of Bryan Health. Russ is a native of Adams, Nebraska, and has been with Bryan since 2009. Uh, Prior to his current role, he served as CFO of Bryan. Before Bryan, Russ uh, held executive positions at CHI Health and Children's Positions. Russ is past board president of the NHA and was recently appointed to the American Hospital Association Board of Trustees, where he also serves as chair of the Regional Policy Board for Region 6, which covers seven states in the Midwest, including Nebraska. He attended Midland Lutheran College in Fremont and the University of Nebraska, where he earned his MBA in finance. Russ, thank you so much for taking time to join us today. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So tell us, uh, for listeners that, that uh, haven't been engaged, uh, what, what is RPB and talk about your role as the chair of uh, the Regional Policy Board 6. Yeah, thanks. Um, uh, really been a great experience for me to learn more about what the AHA is doing and how it gets feedback from its membership. So the AHA, American Hospital Association, divides the United States into nine regional policy boards. And regional policy boards do exactly what you're, what it says it's doing. It really wants to get the information and the pulse of what's going on in the various regions and then figure out what kinds of things does it need to advocate for uh, from a policy standpoint? Where do we need to look from a messaging standpoint? And what other kinds of initiatives do we need to do cooperatively or, frankly, back in our own home territories uh, to focus on to make sure that we're a healthy Uh, organization that we're a healthy industry going forward. And the way they do that is, again, uh, dividing it into those nine regions we have from Minnesota and North Dakota down through Missouri and Kansas, uh, basically those verticals. And uh, we get together three times a year, about 35 folks, uh, 30 of those, uh, almost 30 of those are related to a hospital and folks in industry and then the other um, state representatives from the local associations all come together at a place, different places. And we we talk about the current issues. We talk about those issues and try to give feedback on what we think about those issues, what's most important to us. Then what happens is uh, we come back. In fact, later on this morning, uh, I have a, uh, a regional policy board chair update where we'll take the input from all nine regions and try to coalesce that into some key themes. You can imagine the upper Midwest region may sometimes have themes that are different from the coast, as an example, uh, but not as much difference as you would think. I was actually surprised how little difference there is. On some issues, there are some nuances. On very few issues, are there really uh, divided thoughts about that? We have way more in common than you would think. Uh, That then goes, uh, the the summary of those chair meetings ends up in the hands of the AHA board, and I sit on the AHA board because of my position as chair, and uh, that that input is shared then directly with with the American Hospital Association board to really inform decisions going through. That was a long explanation, but that's how that that works, and it's been a fascinating, uh, fascinating process for me. 
That's great. And as, as Russ mentioned, I've, I uh, participate as the um, uh, Nebraska Hospital Association president as the, the, the other presidents. And I'm, I, the two meetings I've been to so far in, in my new role, I'm always uh, impressed with the amount of information that's discussed and, and the concepts that we can walk away with in, in you know, a day and a half of, of meetings. And it really uh, gives uh, a lot of information that I bring back to our staff here at the association and think about what, uh, what we need to be thinking about for the future uh, to provide value to our hospitals from the association. Uh, with your experience working with the AHA, kind of talk about that, that relationship between the American Hospital Association, our state association, and our member hospitals, and maybe also a little bit about how, how individual hospitals can um, kind of strengthen their relationship with both the state and, and the American Hospital Association. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. And again, I would say that prior to this role, I, didn't, I neither understood it well nor took advantage of it. Uh, and so now, uh, having looked at a little bit more, you know, just think of think of uh, 36, 35, 36 people. So roughly, roughly five people per state. And if you think just about the state of Nebraska itself, 92 hospitals. So there's a lot of folks that aren't at the table. Right. And so you really do rely on those representatives from your state to bring that information to the table. And as I expressed before, I, I'm very impressed with how the AHA structures itself to get that information up. But nevertheless, if you aren't working very collaboratively within your state and within your region, uh, your voice isn't going to be heard. So it's, I think individual hospitals understanding and, and really participating both in the Nebraska Association. So, so Jeremy, you are bringing some of that information forward. Um, other board members or other folks who might be participating are bringing, is bring, are bringing the, that information forward into those meetings. That's how you get it. And I will tell you again, we, we have opportunities. This is not a hear the AHA meeting. This is very much a little of input from the AHA uh, and a lot of input back from the member hospitals that are there. So to me, this is one of the most important ways you get your individual voice or opinions uh, into that. Uh, but, you know, again, how do you do that on a day-to-day -day basis? Man, get involved with the, with the NHA, uh, whether it's in the district meetings, whether, you know, essentially the district meetings are uh, another way that that kind of emulates what the regional policy board is doing. And so I think that that's how you get those individual meetings. And, and it's a stronger relationship from the AHA to the members and the members to the AHA than I understood before. So never discount your ability to, to impact that. Yeah. And I, I think I've kind of coming in in, in the last six months in, in uh, this position feel the same way that I, I I spent time on Capitol Hill and worked with the American Hospital Association, but sometimes I felt they were a little disconnected from you know, the Midwest, from maybe rural hospitals, taking more, more direction uh, from larger uh, East Coast systems. And I think there's certainly an opportunity for all of our members to have a, a larger voice uh, with them uh, through us, through you in this leadership position. Uh, to the American Hospital Association. I will note, as Russ mentioned, we do have a few other members uh, on the regional policy board. Mike Hansen, CEO in Columbus, 
Jamal Rex, CEO in York, and Chris Nichols, uh, CEO from Fillmore County, uh, who are also uh, great voices and do a good job of speaking up and raising uh, issues and concerns at the RPB. So uh, tell us what uh, what we're hearing from fellow RPB members right now. What are their, their top issues? I know um, for a lot of our hospitals, inflation, economic pressures right there, but um, uh, what uh, what's on their minds? Yeah, I, the, those, you know, it, there's really nothing very surprising about what's on the top of folks' minds today. Uh, it is workforce, it's inflation, um, it's frustration with insurance companies. Um, you know, to a lesser degree in our regional policy board, health equity and environmental, uh, you know, ESG, the sustainability stuff, uh, less on the, the minds of the board members in uh, Region 6, but very much on the minds of board members across the country. And, and I, I, I'm going to pause on that one for a second, because it's interesting when we talk about what you mentioned before, Jeremy, uh, gosh, we sometimes think the East Coast and the West Coast are dominating, but guess what? They're many times reflecting what's going on in Washington. So what do we see coming out of Biden's administration right now, President Biden's administration and uh, HHS are very interested in both of those topics and have plans to bring that forward. And whether we're interested in some of our um, member hospitals or not, those things are likely to be upon us if we don't have a voice in that. But that's just one example of one that that I know that we we were we probably didn't get as much oh really exciting conversation at Regional Policy Board six. But I guarantee you, uh, there's a reason that the AHA is still focused on it, and it's not simply because of of social policies on on the coasts. Mm-hmm. Again, that's a a little bit uh, was a little bit of a eye-opener for me. Things like unionization, we don't see as much in the Midwest. They absolutely have those on both both coasts. Uh, so those sometimes are, are items that bubble up that we don't think as much about. But behavioral health, workforce, economic mm-hmm. uh, pressures, insurance companies, yep. Yep, those, are the, those are the ones that are in front of us. Yeah, I think uh, at the last meeting, really one that was, that was eye-opening and certainly understood that it was a problem uh, and, and it heard some rumblings on Medicare Advantage, but I think the the scope of the problem um, certainly uh, got my attention. And I think, you know, where we stood up recently, a, a working group to look at, uh, look at those issues and um, are, are really going to seek out more input from hospitals to get those challenges documented. Um, so we can let our, our policymakers know that, you know, this, while, while, some consumers uh, like their free gym membership. There certainly are long-term uh, issues for yeah. sustainability of hospitals, both urban and rural, as uh, Medicare Advantage grows uh, in our state and across the country. Uh, talk about kind of what what the AHA is focusing on here for the rest of uh, rest of 2022. Yeah, you you know, with your work on Capitol Hill, Jeremy, you understand the legislative dockets that are available to you for the remainder of the year until the next election, right? And it's not very much. So you can only focus on a little bit from a pure advocacy standpoint. From an advocacy standpoint, they're certainly focused on the types of things we need to get accomplished um, b- before the, you know, the budget year runs out. And those are things like, and, and the new budget year starts, I guess I should say, you know, those are things like we ha- we're subject to a sequester cut. Um, can we get that delayed again? Um, we have been receiving the inpatient um, you know, calculations for the in, for the new rates over this next year, clearly not enough right. to deal with the economic pressures that we're facing. So they're they're really focusing 
on the economic model and the rate increases or potential cuts coming before us. I would say that's a primary uh, thing that they're working on right now. Uh, an another thing that they're working on, obviously, is workforce. Um, they just released the first half of, of a workforce report. Um, I don't know that there's going to be anything eye-opening in there, uh, but a lot that we can take from, uh, from that report and maybe use locally to think about as well. Uh, there will be a second half of that report coming out later on in the summer or else early fall. Uh, so workforce obviously is a big one for them. Uh, and then of course, one of the things that we don't talk a lot about but is really an important part is this issue of, of uh, the elections and what can we do to influence those. So this could be a big election. And what does what do what does the NHA PAC, what does the AHA PAC do to influence those in ways that that we think are appropriate and most beneficial for healthcare. So a lot of work going on there. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a good plug as uh, most of these podcasts like to put in a plug for, for our pack. And I will note that, that Russ and, and Brian tend to be uh, leaders uh, in that space, meeting their goals on a, on an annual basis. And uh, certainly you understand the importance of it. And a lot of our members do, but we're working to make sure we have uh, the resources to, to support candidates who will support us. Um, uh, in the long run. Yeah, you know, uh, Jeremy, just yeah. I'm not to plug it more, but I, I again am so interested. I, it's been interesting to me as you've really upped some of the the, dis, um, the gatherings that we can have with elected officials. It's amazing to me what an elected official will do for a thousand dollars. And and so kudos to them that for uh, for not very much, they'll come out and, and sit down with it, with you and, and really, um, you know, it, it really does help. Uh, it, it doesn't take $200,000. $1,000 right. does a lot. So yeah, go get them. It's, it's, uh, and it's, it's building those relationships. So when it comes to tough issues, you, they'll take your call, they'll, they'll hear you out. They may not always be with you, but at least it, you, you have a, you know, someone that'll at least, uh, again, take your meeting and, and hear you out. We now step away for a short break to hear from one of our NHA preferred business partners. Today, we are joined by one of our preferred business partners, OneSource, the background check company, and I'm excited to introduce their vice president of business development, Neil Jostin. Thanks, Mike. We are very excited to be a NHA services business partner and the opportunity that gives us to work with so many Nebraska hospitals. A little bit about OneSource. We are headquartered here in Nebraska and have been providing services to Nebraska organizations since 2004. Uh, we offer a full suite of employee screening solutions, including criminal background checks, healthcare exclusions, including OIG and SAM, professional license verifications, education or employment verifications, ongoing monitoring, drug testing, and more. Being located here in Nebraska, we take a lot of pride in working together with Nebraska hospitals to build a solution that is tailored to their specific needs. Whether it's a large facility or a small rural hospital, uh, we will sit down, take a look at your current process, identify where we can help streamline your solutions, and keep you in compliance with both state and federal regulation. Our processes are entirely electronic. We offer paperless e-signature opportunities, easy to read reports, and quick turnaround time. We're really excited to begin collaborating with many more Nebraska hospitals and helping them streamline their screening process. For more information, visit our website, www.onesourcebackground.com. Now back to the podcast. 
Uh, any issues in particular you feel that that aren't getting enough attention either um, nationally uh, here in the state um, uh, just yeah. on the advocacy front? Or- uh, you know, I'll talk about two issues, um, w- one that I think is now getting enough attention, but, you know, a year and a half ago, one of my very first meetings, they were doing some strategic planning at the AHA, and they talked about, you know, the issues that the AHA thought that they were hearing, and uh, what was not on that list was really clear, which was the frustrations people were having with insurance companies, especially with Medicare Advantage plans and managed Medicaid plans. Uh, and and said, you know, you need to get on that. And that that went from being off the list to being about number two on the list. And in the last year alone, they've been able to do some pretty remarkable stuff in terms of challenging some things at a national level. I think, of course, we've done some of that here in Nebraska and made made some traction that I don't know we thought uh, was was really possible before. So I think the AHA listened uh, it was not on their list. It's now on their list. And again, uh, very effective in, in getting some stuff done there. Um, the one that I think is just starting to come onto the list that uh, probably should have been on there earlier, but now I've, I've heard Rick Pollock and others talk about the importance of it. It, it really is this long-term financial sustainability uh, with the Medicare trust fund running out theoretically in 2026 um, and, and elections that are going to be interesting along the way. We have economic models that aren't sustainable, probably, and aren't honestly very popular with politicians. So if we don't figure out something new, uh, we're just going to be battling for pennies uh, in a few years. And so the AHA, I think, has just really decided they need to take this issue on over the next four years because you don't want to do that with six months to go, right? So that's that's one, uh, whether whether it's bolstering rural uh, models for 340B and cost-based reimbursement that we know are have at least been effective enough to keep folks sustainable, mm-hmm. but nevertheless aren't very popular on Capitol Hill, right. uh, or or finding new models. Uh, I think we're going to have to really have some hard discussions over the next four years to make sure that the fabric of healthcare that we've learned to enjoy and that we think works for the state continues. That's right, and I think the the fact the urgency is is the important piece here because it's an incredibly complicated matter, um, and in a political dynamic that doesn't like to think about complicated things. Right. And Congress is uh, certainly in the last decade is notorious for pushing everything to the last minute. So, as hospitals and, and healthcare leaders, we're probably not going to have answers when we want to have them about uh, what the future uh, financial. Uh, a makeup of Medicare looks like. Um, any lessons that jump out of you, things you've learned from other hospitals, uh, either in Nebraska or, or throughout the region as you've chaired the RPB? Well, I, you know, I carry a I carry a electronic tablet with me for a reason, and I come back and with a whole bunch of notes every time. Uh, I would say number one, I learned that we're more alike than we're uh, than we're different. Um, as I mentioned before, I mean, for example. I didn't realize there's an Indian reservation in all seven of the states. And there's at least one. There's several in some states, of course. And that means we all have similar issues around that that we can learn from each other because some folks are doing a remarkable job working hand in hand with, with the Native American tribes. And some of us are you know, struggling with that. And so I think those the, that's just one example of many where we can learn from each other. Um, I'm I'm really excited to see all of the new faces in the state associations 
um, you know, CEO offices, because they really are, uh, in my mind, beginning to coalesce into a group that says, hold it, what if we work together or right. learn from each other? So to me, there are some, I think what I've learned is there are opportunities to collaborate in ways that I, we haven't thought of before. I can, I'm like everybody else, I can get really myopic on Brian Health. Or if I get really, you know, um, you know, expand my horizon, I get all the way to central Nebraska, right? <laughs> and how do we, how do we really think beyond our borders into, into cooperation uh, in different ways? Um, I, I'm seeing some of that in other states in ways that I think we can, we can bring to our state as well. Yeah, before I left the last meeting, I shot off emails to my counterparts at, at the Missouri Hospital Association and Kansas Hospital Association following up with probably three or four things that, that they each mentioned in some of our breakout sessions. So uh, certainly uh, opportunities for us as an association to do things better. Um, we got a few minutes left here. How is Nebraska doing, do you think, compared to those other states in the region um, in terms of uh, healthcare delivery and maybe the, maybe the policy landscape too? Yeah, uh, uh, that's that's a really interesting question. Um, I think that uh, I, I've always said this, and I and I believe it as much as ever that I think from east part of Nebraska to uh, the Panhandle, we have as well managed hospitals, at knowledgeable folks mm-hmm. who are out there in their community doing things in a way that is that is uniquely Nebraskan. And when when others hear about some of the ways we've collaborated or just the the collaborative nature of the conversations at the NHA between large hospitals and small hospitals, uh, this sort of all for one, one for all approach, um, to me, that's a really impressive thing. And then when you look at the just the geographic nature of Bryant and how we have systematically not well, maybe it's not even systematically, maybe it's informally developed this fabric of care that goes from coast to coast in Nebraska. Uh, again, I'm, I'm always very impressed by that. Uh, I do find that we aren't, aren't unique when it comes to the challenges that we have between large hospitals and small hospitals in thinking about advocacy and, and the geographic spread of all of this, right? Um, in thinking about how uh, an association is funded, all of those things are not unique to Nebraska, but how we eventually come together as Nebraskans to solve those problems, I still think is pretty unique from what I can tell. Absolutely, absolutely. Any uh, parting words for uh, some of our hospital leaders and, and others uh, listening in? Any words of wisdom yeah. that you'd have to share? Well, the, the only thing I would say is, you know, I, I've, I've quipped many times that, that the board of directors of Brian uh, pays me to panic at least once a week. And, uh, that, and I think when I go to the AHA or the RPB, I come back a little bit panicked uh, more than I do comforted. Um, I, I really do think that we're at a very unique time in healthcare because of the things we've mentioned. The economic pressures, the workforce pressures are really critical. As you mentioned, Jeremy, the the solutions are not silver bullet solutions. They're gonna be very complicated. If we don't think, if we don't figure out together how to be a unified voice, if we can't come together with at least a couple of solutions that people can bite off on and say, oh, that helped everybody, Right. Um, I, I think we're going to really struggle. And one of the one of the things I learned at the NHA uh, PAC meeting that we had recently, I was talking informally to a couple of the candidates that had showed up, and um, we were. I was 
thanking them for their work on a couple of policy pieces uh, around the things that we were dealing with with insurers. And here's, I'm going to translate. The translation goes like this. They aren't really interested. I think you and I have talked about this, Jeremy. They're not really interested in the squabbles that hospitals are having with insurers Mm -hmm. unless we can we can portray it in a way that they realize the consumer is the one that is in the middle that has gotten stuck in the middle of it. Absolutely. And to the, the to the extent that we can continue to frame our issues as c- consumer issues, all of a sudden we're going to get a lot of attention. I think we'll get it in Washington. I think we'll get it in Nebraska. But that we have to get back to focusing on the patient, not on our bottom line, mm-hmm. not on our building, not on our regulations. But we have to keep focusing on the patient. That still sells. And it ought to sell yep. in healthcare, right? Yep. And that's absolutely, we're going to be launching, um, uh, by the time this podcast is up, a, a story bank um, uh, website that our, our hospital leaders can, or any hospital employees can go on and share those patient stories, obviously HIPAA compliant, um, right. but the, the challenges that that uh, they're facing, whether it's you know uh, prior auth or de- other denials or just things that, that we can kind of be aware of and, and track and see if we see trends. Um, but, but really you're right, putting the patient at the center of that because that's, that's what we're here for um, right. as hospitals. So, well, thank you so much, Russ. Appreciate you taking the time. This was uh, great information. I'm sure many of our, our members and, and others will, will appreciate getting a background on the RPB and AHA and as Rick Pollock, the president of the AHA, says, we got to ring the bell on these issues, and uh, it takes uh, everyone being being involved um, through our association and uh, uh, through the AHA as well. Yeah, I would say um, for all of you out there, listen, if you uh, if you have an idea or an issue that you think needs that kind of regional attention, uh, obviously let Jeremy know. Let me know. I'm more than interested. Let Mike Hansen know. The other uh, Jim Ulrich know. You know, let let the folks know so we can bring those uh, to to everybody. Uh, everybody's attention. Uh, Chris, don't let me forget Chris Nichols Chris. Out, out there. So yep. um, yeah, let, let us know so we can bring those forward. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks to our listeners. And we'll uh, be with you on a future podcast. Thanks. All right, thanks. Thanks.